Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for fans of the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight is uh, Game of Thrones again, and this is episode 505, uh, Kill the Boy. I love the name. What did you think about it? Uh, well, being a book reader, I knew what it was talking about, but I'm sure a lot of people were like, not Ollie. Don't kill Ollie. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when they said kill the boy, I thought the first thing that went to my mind was is like Cersei's going to kill somebody or Danny's going to have to kill a child or something. Yeah, I was thinking the literal sense. Uh, somebody's got to go down. But I didn't think of Ollie, but I, he was third, fourth on my list of thinking. Well, honestly, if you've read the books, this is a really cool speech. It's a little bit longer than the books, but it's an awesome speech that uh, Amon gives John. So. Yeah, it's F the hater speech. I like that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the show I really really enjoyed. The whole setup was really really good. Um, I just oh, there were some parts that killed me. You know, I got my favorite characters, and you know now one's gone, and another one's uh, you know. <laughs> Got a, a wrist disease of some, you know. So we're gonna see how that goes, <laughs> but you know, here we go. So what do you think? I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, uh, there's a lot of big time, you know, book callbacks in this episode, and you know, some character moments that I truly, truly loved. You know, there's some differences from the book, and I really like the direction they're taking the show. You know, kind of, you know, taking some characters out of the book and just bringing it to people that we already know. And uh, I don't know. They're doing a really good job of moving the story along. Even though the plot didn't move a terrible amount in this episode, I still just really enjoyed it. Well, I agree with you. Um, you know, like I said, between a couple of the characters and things were going on, there were some really good parts. There were some parts I didn't care for. Uh, but overall, I would call it a good show. Um I say we just move forward. The director tonight uh, for that episode was Jeremy Padeswa. I'm Pedeswa. guessing how you pronounce it. I'm assuming that. And of course, Cogman came in with the writing credits on that. Um, new ones to me. I like I said, uh, I think they did a pretty good job uh, writing in some parts, which I really enjoyed. But um, I think it was kind of more about the wow effect of certain seasons that was the good part of this episode yeah i mean i'm used to cogman he does always seems to do a pretty good job uh the Podesta guy no idea but um a lot of really beautiful shots in this episode yeah i, I agree mean, with that there was a lot of good distant stuff some big settings and so on I, I really did enjoy that and then a lot of the callbacks too like in winterfell with the you know places you haven't seen in a long time you know true that well, let's go right into the rundown um i think the very first episode i mean the very first part of the episode you uh kind of wake up to gray worm laying in bed recovering and so you find out he makes it uh, and then right after that goes right into the old blue room and you see danny looks to be mourning over or barrington it's tough to watch man uh really really enjoyed him as a character really enjoyed him as an actor and it's going to be tough not to have him around. Yeah, I, I, I truly enjoyed this actor. I can't remember his name at all, but he did a fantastic job of playing this role. You know, he's a beloved character in the books and on the show. And uh, the sad part is, is uh, I found out through some, some news that he'd actually read the books and thought he was safe, you know, because he's still alive in the books. 
I've heard so, that. You know, I've heard some chatter of some people who are some dieharders, and they were like, "This doesn't make sense. This is a big diversion, and it's not a positive one." You agree with that? Uh, I can't say that. I think he's pretty much run his course. You know, he's had a lot of good parts. He's given good counsel to Danny. I mean, whether she listens to it or not. Um, and plus, I think they got to make room. You know, with hopefully Jorah and Tyrion making it back to her. You know, how many Westerosi nights do you need? And I don't know, man. I, I, for a guy who is supposedly, you know, Barrickson the Bold and has all this amazing technique with the sword, we didn't get to really see much of it. No, I do agree with that. Like I said, in the books, he has a bigger, you know, more epic fight scene. And like I said, he's still alive. But, you know, I can't say they gave him a terrible, you know, go away present. You know, I mean, he, he had a pretty badass moment. Well, Danny says, you know, Mr. Bold there, and he dies in the streets or the alley. So it kind of down downplay his death. It wasn't very what yeah. I call glorious in battle. Well, absolutely. I mean, like soldiers like to die with their boots on, you know, out on the battlefield, and he died in an ambush, you know. But but you still, you know, you still get to see him chop down some people and you know go out yeah. saving a, another another character we like. He didn't do a Joffrey, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, so then the politician comes on in, one of the heads of family, and Danny kind of stuns him and says, let's go ahead and gather all the heads of the ancient families. And his, resp- his response was, but I'm one. They snatch him right up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Um, and, of course, they take him all down to the little dragon lair, and uh, she has a good little speech for him. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed this part. You know, it was her taking command. It was her showing a semi-kind of revenge kind of a little bit. Not so much, but uh, it was showing her taking action. It was showing her putting her uh, her power into play. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the scene. I mean, anytime you get the dragons in and they light someone on fire and they chew them in half, uh, I'll love that every day of the week. I'm not still sure that it was the best decision for her to make. You know, I don't see how this could make the heads of the ancient families, if they're in charge of the Sons of the Harpy, make them any happier, you know. I think later on with the decisions she makes, you know, maybe they'll unite some people, but gotta love the gore factor and the and Dude, the awesome factor yeah, you know how much i love the special effects when it comes to you know i really looked at it and i ran it a couple times it was a pitch black room the room illuminated properly when the fire hit like it didn't have lighting in weird places it was right where it was supposed to be right. homeboy was sizzling the, you know on cooking and then when they snatched him and pulled him apart there were you know you could see the blood splatter and the spray and them gnawing at him i was i was thoroughly 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 impressed with the level of detail they went to with that scene and it knocked it out of the park oh i loved it i mean absolutely loved it you know and i I love the fact that she's down there and she's not forgetting and and, you know know, just neglecting those two dragons you know yeah no doubt uh, it rolls right into a part where Sam is talking and reading a note and discussing Daenerys. 
Um, he's talking with the uh, what's this guy's name? Mr. Amon. Yeah, and uh, John bust up in there after they were talking about how great she could be, uh, and asked to speak to him alone. And then it goes right into the, the next one of the best parts of the show, uh, you know, where he gets this little speech and uh, talks to him about give me some advice, da da da, you know. And I, I kind of call this the f the hater speech is what he tells him, you know, and kill the boy. I knew exactly what he meant like you know you got to drop the, the the little boy routine and worry about everything and become a man and make some real decisions yeah i love maester amen this guy really kills it when he's on the on the screen um this speech is fantastic in the book you know it's it has to do with something he told his his brother when they were young like a lot of people forget that amen is a Targaryen. all right and his brother egg who is Aegon Targaryen was about to be king and before Aemon left to go to the wall he told him to kill the boy and become the man because he's about to rule and he was still very young um, so that was the advice he gave his brother now they didn't bring that up in the show but still an awesome callback you know you know when he's talking to Sam and he's talking about you know the last two Targaryens on earth one of them's the old decrepit man who can't help and the other one's alone on the other side of the planet you know it's you know he's pretty down about it you know and hard on himself about it and it's just cool to see that callback you know because yeah, so that's something i would never know but that's a really neat little fact or a tidbit um <clears throat> that shows how they're really working the book and different angles to you know have those little uh, shout outs you know I, I really I like that now it makes it, that scene which is enjoyable as it was already that much better yeah. um then it goes right into a part where you know John makes his decision and is speaking to the rest of his men, and uh, they're not they're not soaking it up like a dry sponge. They they think this idea is for the turds to uh, kind of trying to join up with the free folk and let them through. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like they don't have a bad, you know, side of the story. They have a good reason. I mean, just yeah. like Ollie's whole little deal, watched his dad get slaughtered and. Um, how they've killed some of their black brethren and the whole nine yards. I can't blame them. I wouldn't expect any other reaction. If they had, if some of them had stood up and said, yes, we follow you, I think the show would have lost credibility right there. Yeah, but you got to also understand that some of these people didn't go north of the wall. Some of them didn't go to the Fist of the First Men and see whites and see the army of the dead. You know, They only got a little bit of it when two of them snuck into the camp, basically, and went after... Um, Lord Commander Mormont that one night you know so it makes total sense from John's side as well it's like you can add 100,000 wildings to the army that did or you can bring them on this side and maybe have 50,000 fight for you you know because they're going to want to be just as safe yeah the rationale makes total sense it's just um, it's, it's just like asking somebody you've hated for thousands of years to be the person to help fight with you it's just it's not something you you click a switch on and you're okay with absolutely but you know stannis is leaving you know and it's it's pretty much the only option you have as far as defenses oh yeah i mean there's zero there's zero chance that people are going to realize that this is the right decision 
um, and what's best for the future. They can't look past what their feelings are right now. Oh, absolutely. It's um, understandable. Goes down to Pod, um, walking into, I guess, another little town that's overlooking Winterfell. Um, and he, of course, he's talking to Brienne. And um, they uh, just start discussing Sansa. And, you know, she makes the comment, like, you know, hey, I don't think she realizes how much in danger she's in. And, and, oath. and then, then this fellow walks in and, you know, replenishes, I guess, the water or something like that. Do we know who this character is? No, this is no no character really. Nobody okay. from the books or anybody you should know. But this is a small folk, okay? Just like the old woman in Winterfell talking to Sansa about how the North remembers. This is another small folk, you know, another member of the small folk, you know. This is, you know, the Starks' people, you know. They were liege lord over all this area and warden of the North, and they all respected the Starks. And this is just somebody that still, you know, holds allegiance to them. Right. And, of course, she tells her, you know, I need you to get a message to her. I need you to be a spy or whatever you want to call it to let her know that, you know, we're here. You know, we're going to help protect, you know, even from basically where they are, you know, a sole person. But and so on. And uh, that translates to later in the episode. Um, Yeah, you could go ahead and talk about it. It's pretty much that old woman walks in and tells Sansa, to light a candle in the, the highest window of the broken tower, right? If she's right. in any danger, Did you, does that jive with something being smart? If you feel like you're in danger, you have to go to the top of a tower and light a candle. I mean, I guess uh, you have to be able to see him from a distance. I guess that's, that's the kind thing. Of point is it needs to be up high. It needs to be somewhere she could see it. So it makes sense. Maybe what you would do is, is like, hey, I'm about to do something stupid. Let me go ahead and light the candle. Before I go in here, have your safety you net. Know, hopefully, yeah. there's some back, but you know, when I get around to right, it, right, right, um, goes right into Ramsey uh, and his uh, naked hoe, uh, fine-looking naked hoe, by the way, um, and they're having a dialogue and about how she's not real happy that he's going to be marrying old Sansa, and uh, and then of course he comes over and threatens her with that classic, you know, you know what happens to people who bore me. And then he proceeds to pound her. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, and you can tell she's not really enjoying it. She knows there's uh, there's something in the back of her mind, you know, that this is not the end of it. This is not this is not what she wanted to be. She wanted to be the one that was being married, not the, uh, the other woman. Yeah, I mean, they clearly stay on her face, you know, to let you know that Okay, she placated him for a minute, but she's still pissed, you know. This is not going away, which, you know, you obviously see she's creeping on Sansa later on and, you know, looks like something that Ramsey didn't want her to do, you know, as far as showing her Theon and things like that. So I think Miranda's kind of a wild card, kind of a, you know, got a role to play, you know, creating some problems in Winterfell later on. Right. Well, I mean, right there shortly after, you know, she goes and meets Sansa and takes her right down to the dog holding area and she gets the surprise character of Reek, Theon, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you can definitely tell this was a shocking moment for Sansa to realize uh, what he is now in comparison. Um, 
this is not what I expected to happen. I mean, I knew it was going to be eventual, but I thought it would be more of a big unveiling. I didn't expect it to this to happen. How, how does this compare? Um, well, like I said, this is not in the books. So That's true. There's nothing really to compare it to. But honestly, though, how much did this scene remind you of Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> I was just waiting for the orderly to run out. Stay to the right! Stay yeah. to the right! <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah, like, right. you're walking past, there's all these crazy-ass people at the cells, and then you get down there, and there's Hannibal just staring through the glass, you know? Dion is but this no time Hannibal. Just I'm sorry, man. <laughs> just, he is by far Just not laying in his own squalor and just on piss and poo (laughs) you know um then it goes right back to theon and ramsey and he's helping dress ramsey and ramsey just goes and calls him out uh you're especially ripe today you know you stink um (laughs) sorry sir sorry master or whatever you want to call it uh, and then he starts hitting him with, you know, you didn't do this right, you do that right, and you can see Theon or Reek, whatever, is getting pretty scared, like something bad's going to go down. No, he just he told him you're hold, you're keeping a secret from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, and then he forgives him. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, where's he going to pull the blade out and cut a finger off? Where yeah. something? Oh. Where, you know, he's he's jab his a, eye out. A fingernail to be ripped off or something horrible. Yeah. He's going to break his hand. I, I just. I didn't expect that to go down like it did. So I guess it was good because it did the opposite of what you expected, even though there was a little part of you that was hoping he was going to do something a little Ramsey-ish. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's still such a mind, you know, a mind fuck. Because that's exactly what he wanted him to think was, oh, God, something horrible is about to happen. And then to forgive him, probably even worse for him you know what i mean it's just like now he never knows what to expect yeah completely unexpected yeah so um then it goes to old bruce and his who bruce bolton bruce 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 it's uh you got me all oh my god you just fucking called him bruce is it not bruce Bruce? no bruce bolton bruce I'm going to smack you later. Anyway, Roos. Bruce. What's up, Bruce? Okay. All right. You can see it's an honest mistake. Get off me. Um, anyway, he's at the table. Sansa Ramsey. Who's the heavyset chick? Yeah. That's Walter Frey. You don't remember that? No. Okay. This is a pretty funny thing where it, it did talk about it. But when after the Red Wedding, uh, Roos was given a, a choice of any frey daughter he wanted and frey would say he'll pay her weight in gold as her like her dowry basically so he chose the fattest daughter that he had <laughs> so oh my god <laughs> so, um, so in the book she's actually called fat walda oh my gosh <laughs> jeez well, Roos, as I've been corrected, they're, you know, they're just having conversation, talking about this and that and so on. Uh, Theon's presented in his typical Ramsey, I'm a dick douche introduction. Yeah. Um, just kind of makes Sansa squirm. And you can see in her expression, this is just like, I can't believe I'm here. can't believe I'm dealing with this jerk off. Uh, and I have to see this punk. I mean, it's just one thing after another, after another, another. And then Roos, out of nowhere, completely blind inside everybody else and 
lets them know that me and Heavyset here are uh, going to have a baby. And you can just see it just completely kills the thunder yeah, in the room for the, Ramsey. See the man. <laughs> you know. Uh, and, you know, I didn't really get the value of that or understand why. You know, in my mind, you know, the older brother is the one who's the heir to a throne, heir to everything like that. Why does that... Um, why does that make him nervous? Why does that put him on the on the defensive? Okay, well, it's not, like, completely explained to me. I don't know for sure. But from what I understand, it looks like if you're a bastard, but you're legitimized, you you get to carry the family name and, and I guess, acquire lands and titles and things like that. But if there's a you know a, another son born in wedlock that I guess that kid is still above you you know being that you had to be legitimized I don't know for sure you know there's no there's no clear line of secession and things like that you know laid out for me as far as I can remember in the books now did Roots do this to just show his dominance in the room or to tell the kind of a way to tell Ramsey get off your damn horse of making this woman embarrassed and hateful even more towards you. Yeah, it's just more of a of, of Roost trying to instill in Ramsey that you have to, you know, you have to rule with a kind of softer touch because if he keeps this attitude of let's piss everybody off and rule in fear and things like that, then everyone will hate you. Yeah. Skin and folks will do that. Right. You just breed revolution when you do things like that. So Roost is obviously a twisted dude himself but he's a very cunning guy you know and he 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 knows which route to take when necessary you know so he was just basically taking him down a peg you know you know stop showing your ass and we'll we'll throw this little tidbit in that'll really get your blood going yeah um of course it goes right into ramsey asking him in private like how do you know she's pregnant how did you do it? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the show went ahead and asked the questions that a lot of people, you know, I guess have a question with or deal. I've heard from several of my friends that you know a thicker woman is a a, a, a better lay, you know. But hey, you know, who knows? Uh, uh, quite a bit of fat shaming in this episode. Um, I don't know. I mean. She's called Fat Walter in the books. She's obviously a, you know, a bit of comedy in the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I got no problems with a full figured woman because uh, I'm a full figured man by any means and um, full the, of something. The reality, I, the show definitely, like you said, it was very fat shaming, very to the point, you know. And I don't think it was per se out of bounds for the show. I think that's just Ramsey and his, you know, uninsatiable personality of he's twisted. I'm just a he's just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he's just a twisted dude. Um, I just it, it was just you know it was almost it could have been left out, but you know, and the, I the a, cool part about this whole deal is is how he answers the question following is is that you know uh he gives you some background about how 
his parentage. Yeah, like basically, let me show you, Ramsey, this is who you are. Uh, there was a woman who didn't listen to me. I had her whipped and then her fellow. I had him hung and then I, I raped her under the tree he was hanging under. Yep. I mean, that is some cold shit. That is real cold. And, and you know, I had to hold her down. She fought me. She was screaming. I was like, you know, <laughs> hey, sick, twisted mf'er. This is what I'm saying. You you forget because Roos is so soft spoken and and even keeled that he is a sick bastard as well. So, and this is cool. I, I can't for the life of me. I can't remember because I listen to the audiobooks. I don't actually read just for everyone's information. Not a uh, reader, but I can't remember if it's the audiobook speaking to me or it was in an actual episode, but. Roos actually talks to, to Theon at one point and talks about all the other children he's had before. Not bastards. From Roos's, you know, he's a widower. You know, he had another wife and she passed away, but he'd had other boys and they'd all mysteriously died. And he knows it was Ramsay that killed them all. But he never punished Ramsay or killed Ramsay or anything. Because he just knows Ramsey is just like him. The true heir to the throne. Kinda. I mean, like, they had babies dead in the cribs and things like that. I mean, it was it's brutal stuff. Jeez. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how they could put that in the show. I mean, they could talk about it, but... It, no, it's, it's, it was just talked about. You didn't see or, like, right, there wasn't right, 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 vivid right. stuff, but... Then he goes and tells Ramsey, you know, hey, Stennis has got an army at Castle Black. He wants the North, and we're part of the problem, and uh, North is mine, and so uh, I need your help to help defend it. You know, they're just kind of standing there at the war table, having their father-son moment there. Uh, kind of, yeah, but I guess it was necessary, you know. Yeah. Um then it goes back over to Castle Black and it talks about Sam and he's reading through all these books and has his little girlfriend there and she asks him real, you know, ignorant questions. But I guess they're bestiding of her. You know, are these all the books? These all the texts? Da, da, da. He talks about, you know, a big library um, in some different town. places and why we have them and what's important. Um, and then all of a sudden, Stennis busts up in there and starts talking to him about his family name and heritage and you learn some different mm-hmm. things. Uh, what do you think about this part? Well, this is kind of cool for me because you hear... I mean, I'll be honest. His dad is in the books. He's not like a major, major part so far. But you do hear from him. He's he's around. Um, but it's cool to, to have the call back that he was the only one that ever beat Robert in battle. And he is. He's a, a badass fighter. And... He was so embarrassed of his son, you know. If you remember back to season one, actually, Sam talks about, you know, you're going to join the Night's Watch, or in the next couple of days you're going to have a hunting accident. Basically, his father was going to kill him. And that way his lands would pass to his younger brother, who was more like, like dad, a kind of a fighter and, you know, not so squishy. Not yeah. the not the mama's boy. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, cool. I, the, some poor Sam. You know, for a guy who's never been given a, a chance or a way to earn credit. You know, he's done some things over the last few seasons, and he's come through with some good information and done some different things. And so he's becoming more and more likable character. 
uh, and they and I really enjoy the guy they have doing it. I think he does a good part for the kind of caliber of what they're trying to create. Oh, absolutely, and and then you got to love what they've done with Stannis. I mean, he is he has played so well. Yeah, you know, we no we doubt. forgot to, we got to mention it in the little meeting part with John talking to all his other you know Nights Watch, but the grammar Nazi, you know, when the guy said less enemies and he goes to Stannis, he says fewer. And that's a cool callback too, because when he talks to Davos in like season two about cutting his fingers off, and Davos says the same thing. So oh, it's four less fingernails to clean, and he says fewer. So you learn like these little, you know, pet peeves that Stannis has, and some right. of his grammar. And, but he's kind of an academic, you know. He's got yeah. some, he's got some smarts to it. Yeah, he's very intelligent, very cunning dude. Uh, while he's talking to Sam, you know, he kind of questions his background of, so you've killed a White Walker, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I like, it's a little detail, is, is that, uh, you know, throw back to my childhood, is that I was kind of fascinated with Obsidian. Uh, I even have a large chunk of it that was given to me as a gift as a young man, um, and it is straight black glass. It is the most really, really interesting little uh, type of stone. And uh, they call it dragon ice. Uh, dragon think, glass. Dragon glass, or yeah. Um, and, you know, they kind of can make the deduction that's what you got to have to be able to kill the White Walker. And uh, that was cool. Of course, it tells them to keep reading. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that little detail, you know, the little extras, you know, like you're talking about, like fewer and a few other things. Uh, Plus, did it gives, you see anything else in that? It gives a lot of, like, strength to Sam. You know, you see his value, and his value is, you know, the research and his knowledge and the learning he's doing about the stuff. And I realize he said he couldn't find much as far as why does Dragon Glass, you know, kill the whites, but, you know, he found out that the children of the forest used to hunt with it, and, you know, so I think I think even Stannis realizes that this this meek, you know, chubby little dude has some value. You know, right? In the th- in, especially in the wars to come. So, um, John talks to um, who's that badass wildling? Red I love hair, this guy. You know, gingerbread Tormund. Tormund, yeah. Uh, you know, and he talks to him about, hey, you're the, you're going to have to be the leader. You're going to have to. You need to join us. Think about your people. The same speech he gave to old, Mance. Uh, Mance. Mance didn't take it. Um, He's a little more receptive. I think he realizes the reality of the situation. I think he's uh, liking the idea of possibly being the leader. Um, you know, of course he does. It's easy to say these things when you have a shackled. I mean, I think this was really dumb. John unshackled his team. <laughs> I really thought Tormund was going to just, you know, tear him a new ass right there or at least give him a couple shots to the body or something. And could easily. Um but he doesn't. Um, instead, he comes up with a smart quip of, uh, you have to go with me. And this was great because it sets up the whole John leaving Castle Black. And I'm happy with this. Uh, him staying there, I think he's done his monumental moments there at Castle Black. I'm ready for him to go into a new landscape, see some new things, interact with some new things. Because when characters are moving from point A to point B, it's the, the shows are better to watch. Yeah, I'm... I'm really looking forward to this because, first off, I love Tormund. I liked Tormund and John when they were on the north side of the wall, just making their way till to climb the wall. 
you know, I love their interactions. Tormund's got a lot of comedy, but he's also a badass, you know, so I look forward to their, you know, travels over there and and this is not in the book either, so I look forward to seeing right. you know, something I goes, don't know what's coming. Um then it goes right to um Stennis and Davos um talking about you know, it's time to go. Stennis says it's time to move. The longer we wait, the worse it's going to be. Davos is hoping for more time, you know. Uh, but Stennis has got some good points and say it's time to go. And he's going to take his family with him. Um, I can understand it, you know. You want your family close, you know. If you, you feel like a father, you want to protect him. Um, and of course, they go outside and uh, they're mounting these horses and so on. And John uh, is able to procure some boats from Stannis and rather easily. You know, it's like he didn't even question it. But I think Stannis realizes that he's going to have to have John in the long run for his overall goal. Um, and possibly the Wildings. I mean, you need whoever you can to protect the North, right, from the invasion. And then uh, you know, so when John's looking at him, and you know the girls leaving, the, the wife and all of them are mounted and going. Melisandre is giving him that look from the distance on the horse. Yeah. You know, my thoughts immediately were, were you missed out on this. You know, but that's what just went through my mind. I don't know what's <laughs> going in your mind, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if she just dropped the cloak right there and been like, "You missed it," you know, or whatever. But you know, mm. that's just a dream. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised that they're all going. Not that Ms. Melisandre. And I love the little scene with Davos and Shireen uh, where he says he's scared and uh, please protect me on the battlefield, you know, and she's like, I will. You know, I love that little scene. You know, Davos and Shireen play off each other really well. and But I am surprised he's taking the whole family. I mean, Winterfell's not far from the wall. I would, I'm kind of surprised that they're not leaving, you know, women and children at the wall just you know just kind of yeah. come back later and pick them up true that true that but i mean i, I see his point and i don't see it's something worth arguing or go through the route for so um then it goes back over to gray worm in the bed um he wakes up and sandy's there with him again and he kind of goes in this whole spiel where he's ashamed and I was kind of like, well, I could completely see that. You know, his men died, Barrington died, and he was more, you know, basically mortally wounded, but he wasn't. And then he goes into this, uh, I was ashamed because I was thinking of you, you know, old Sandy. Um, did not expect this, but I liked it. It was good to show that, you know, unsullied or not, he was, uh, he had some feelings. First off, let me just ask you, what's her name? Sandy. Am I messing this up again? The shame. Just <laughs> you should be ashamed. I know that's not our full real name. Miss Sandy. I don't know that. I just call her Sandy for short. Okay. I just I, I don't want you to be get off bashed. my jock, man. Before I hey, throw a mic hey, at you. I don't, I don't want somebody to, to uh, come down on you. Give me something to throw at you. Uh, Piece of shit. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too in love with this. To be honest with you. I, I don't care enough about their plot. All I feel like they're really doing is making the stakes a little higher for one of them to die, you know, or both of them, you know, I just, oh, yeah. going honestly, back to the whole, you know, like them now to be more devastating until they die. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's cool that they're into each other, but if I look at it in the show and the plot moving forward, 
I, I can't say that I just care too much about those two characters. Or especially, I mean, I like Grey Worm. He's a badass. I, I've liked him from the start. And Miss Sandy's fantastic. But do I care whether or not they have a relationship? Not really. I'm liking it. It shows a little more personal side because the only kind of, you know, man-woman connection you have on that side of the story is Danny and her little bodyguard and that that's just that's her effing buddy you know that's not that's not a relationship that's just you know okay but a look, fling look at it from my point of view of a saying if we only have two possibly three more seasons left I just hoping for more though I, I agree but I'm thinking there's no way they'll go past eight seasons okay well, if you listen to everybody and the creator saying seven's the max, you know. Right. So, I look at it like, I don't, we don't have time for this. You know, we don't have time for these little, you know, side plots like, show me Jamie, show me Arya, show me anybody but this garbage. I don't care enough. And I'm not even saying it's done poorly. It's done fantastic on the show. It's just, I feel like there's so much more important plot lines that I would rather be seeing other than that for that whatever two to five minutes of screen time I hear you I hear you and, and, I, and I feel you for the, as much as going on with the show we could spend that 30 seconds to a couple minutes on something probably a little more interesting something a little more plot movement I agree um, it goes right into Danny and Miss Sandy you know I good swear job I'm gonna throw a flip flop at you um Talking about, you know, my counsel's half gone. I need your advice. Um, and then, of course, she tells her something I really liked was is that you've listened to this, you've listened to that, but that some of the decisions are only ones that you can see, and that's the reason we're successful in where we are today, basically. And I like that, and that was good. Um, and I, then it goes right into her, you know, and to the jail cell and what's this politician name of this one lead family I can't remember his name his dar Zolorak just his not dar. even gonna try his, his dar. dar um you know and he's in there on his knees squabbling you know please 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 and she goes you know well this is what's gonna happen we're gonna open the fighting pits to freed men only no slaves and I'm going to marry one of the, you know, men of the ancient families. And luckily there's a suitor on his knees before me now. Yep. And uh, Homeboy just uh, takes it in stride, you know. It was, I mean, you talk about a twist of fortunes. I mean. Yeah. Um, dragon bait to <laughs> yeah. king. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew this was coming, you know, from the books or whatever. But uh, it still surprises you. You know, even though I knew this was coming, it's like, you know, you're the, you know, Mother of Dragons, the, the queen, you know, I just like, you can marry somebody of massive importance somewhere else, you know, with an army behind them. But instead, she's so worried about Slaver's Bay and, you know, fixing the situation she's in, you know, she's willing to marry just some a local Miranese guy you know well let me ask you this when they become married is he the the king or is she still the leader no she would still be the leader it's like a matriarch you know okay because you know everywhere else is the the head man 
Yeah, patriarch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll be honest. In the in the in the books, really, when it comes to that very topic, you know, it's it comes up. You know, where they talk about you know what he'll have control over and what she'll have control over and things like that. So we'll see. I mean, I don't. I don't know if they'll tackle it really in the show. Maybe it's just you have to assume that she's in power, because uh, really at any point she could just chew him up with dragons. So there you go. Um, and then it kind of roll. It goes into kind of towards the end of the episode where you see uh, Jorah, my man Jorah, and Tyrion um, making their way, and Tyrion's apologizing. Hey, my mouth gets ahead of itself, and different things happen. And you see them kind of garner some, you know, a little more rapport. And then, just like the preview, the dragon goes by and Tyrion's expression, money. You know, like he's just looking and all of a sudden his eyebrows roll back, the shock and awe, and the dragon just does a graceful fly by. And Jorah's like, seen it. Just looks like a giant bird, you know, going by. Yeah, Um, but I I do think he looks at it and like, holy shit, Drogon's gotten big, you know, and like I said, they didn't, they didn't show it much on the show, but this is a huge moment for Tyrion. It's literally his lifelong dream, you know, is to see a dragon in flight. But like you said, in the book, he'd never seized one, but then the show, they went ahead and showed him one. Well, in the book, he hasn't seen one yet. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So well, having the material like, saying differently. Yeah, I don't nothing has happened yet. You know, gotcha. they're really pushing stuff. This is stuff that I'm not necessarily prepared for all the time. Right. Well then um Tyrion talks about well, you know, we're headed here, but this is I know where we are. Um Valyria, is that what he said? Yep. And uh it was ruled by the Doom, like D O O M. Okay, do you know what Valyria is? Well, Valyria is where they make the Valyrian steel, the swords, and all the the, fa- the fancy, you know. Yeah, the fancy swords. Okay, right. that is the place. Okay, but Valyria, think of it more of like Atlantis or uh, Pompeii. So it's an ancient waste. It's an ancient wasteland of a former dynasty. Yeah, but you remember, like Atlantis was supposed to be like the most advanced city that's ever been built. Right, and they had the most advancements in everything you know as far as waterways and technology you know, whatever and the technologies yeah. and stuff that's kind of what valeria was and the doom of valeria is the fact that that valeria went up in ashes in one day in one night it was amazing to gone like pompeii and they talk about the flames shot so high it burned the dragons out of the sky. Okay? Which is the little poem they were talking about. And they talked about how the people just turned their back on it and took the fire. You know? Valyria is where the Targaryens are from. Okay? Which is why there are so few of them left. You know, only the ones that were in Westeros, you know, that survived the doom. or That was all that was left. You know? What caused the doom? Well, they don't say directly, but you assume it's something like a huge natural disaster, like almost kind of like you remember in um, Lord of the Rings when the dwarves like they dug too deep and you know unleashed a monster. Right. But this would be kind of like like we're doing here with fracking, like all of a sudden we're gonna have earthquakes and 
you know, Yosemite's going to blow and, and decimated it and destroy us, right? So think that way. You can think Pompeii style, where a volcano erupted and completely wiped out a massive city in one night. Wow. Okay. Well, that so, may, that gives me explanation to it. Yeah. Right. Um, they're on the boat. They see the dragon go by. Get the little background story, and they're kind of weaving through this little dark area. And out of the corner of your eye, you can see uh, a figure moving up there in the rock. And you're like, okay, we're finna to have something. And uh, sure enough, they jump in, and Jorah starts letting you know, this is stone men. They're covered in that grayscale. That was called. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let them touch you. Don't let them touch you. You know. Um, he does a pretty good job, you know, kicking some ass, taking some names, stabs one, and then uh, Tyrion squirming for his life in the <laughs> boat, and then goes over. And I was like, oh, he'll be all right. And I realized, well, maybe he doesn't know how to swim, you know. Well, and the fact is, his hands are still tied at the time as well, right? Um, and then he gets pulled down and just taken deep, deep, deep. And I'm like. Uh, ho- holy shit no, this isn't in the end of Tyrion is it because they sure make it look that and they way they blacked you out for 30 seconds I was like <laughs> if they the roll freak? fucking credits right now I was like no 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 and uh, no and then of course you, you see him Jorah look, you know the eyes open it kind of gives you a cool effect um, he, he gives him a little pun you'll realize how heavy your ass is you yeah. know? <laughs> you're heavier than you look yeah and uh, but then they, that really cool scene of the sunset behind them on the beach, and yeah, that was really neat. And uh, unfortunately, as soon as he said, you know, hey, did anyone touch you? And he says, no. I was like, somebody's lying. You They're know, both which lying. one? Which one of them has got the got the got the stink on them? And um, of course, this is the part of the show that pissed me off. As Jor <laughs> rolls his wrist up and. Just like Resident Evil, you know he's going, to, you know he's going to have starting to turn. Yeah, I mean, God, so so frustrating. I was like, I look at that and I'm like, pull your blade out, start cutting, get that off, <laughs> get that off of you, you know. Hey, actually, I think they could actually save it. Um, but if he just would have had his badass bracers on. Nothing could have touched him through that oh, letter. Oh, that's right. Where's his effing <laughs> bracers, man? His bitch slapping bracers. Yeah. I mean, you just got to rock those bracers at all times. Oh, see. Those you leave the bracers in the bag, and now <laughs> your ass going to turn into a crazy-ass stone stone man. But and the thing of it is, is, is Tyrion lied, too. That thing grabbed his leg full on and pulled him under. So, so you think he's got the stink on him, too? Uh, I don't know, but... I mean, obviously Jorah has it. Uh, actually, like I really like Jorah as a character, and I hate to see that. Um, this is different in the book, so it was a big Jorah's, surprise. Man, I just don't. I don't see a favorable future from a man Jorah. I don't. Now, based on the preview and seeing him getting dumped in the fighting pit and everything else, uh, you know, I just, you know, I'm just, mm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Um. And then the show wraps is uh, credits right there, and we actually went to the full time this time, actually a minute over. Um, I think it was right at sixty one minutes, um, which was a refreshing considering they robbed us last week. Yeah, they've robbed us about eight minutes so far this season. I'm pretty pissed. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, let's go ahead and go to the next part, uh, the best and worst. What what was your worst part of the show? Let's go to the worst first. 
I'd have to go with the Missandei and Grey Worm stuff. Not not that it's bad. It's just something I don't really care about. You know, filler to me. Yeah. Um, worst part is Jorah's wrist. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> you know, that's just a personal part. Uh, my man Jorah. Uh, oh, that's a pretty I, rough STDD. You yeah. Know. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I could say that or... Um, I'm just going to hold with that. I mean, the rest of the show was pretty good. I mean, there were some other things that bothered me, but the the best part, I think there's no doubt that um, friend going extra crispy and getting separated and shared amongst the dragons was my favorite part. Yeah, that could easily be my favorite part, but just to add another favorite part would probably be the Valyria scene. I mean, they just made that city look beautiful. You know, just them rowing through slowly. It was gorgeous. And I'll be honest with you, when the dragon's flying over and all of a sudden you just see a faded shade just kind of step off into the water. I mean, they did that scene really well. That's pretty tense, pretty thrilling scene. And it was gorgeous, you know, and gave you some real dread. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely with you. Um, Let's go to the next part. Farewell. Um... I think we're going to need to go ahead and do a moment here for old, gosh, man, Barrington. I'm, uh, Sir I'm Grandpa. Just, I'm just, uh, Grandpa Fighter went down, uh, went down well in the alley, as Danny puts it, but I'm definitely going to miss Barrington. I'm really, really going to miss him. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy his character, but but I do feel he ran his course and he had a lot of good moments. And uh, you know, I, I think for as crappy as so many characters go out in this show, you know, he had a pretty good run. You know, a pretty good exit. Absolutely. So he will be missed. And let's there. go ahead and say goodbye to Jorah. Cause he's good as dead with his grace. You, you had to go there. A piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there, man. You're a punk. Just preemptive, preemptive strike on his you're a death. Uh, All right, uh, let's do a little feedback. Got some that I, I kind of liked. Um, I got, a, I'm a, I got a long one from Ken, uh, but I like what he's thinking. Um, he, these are things that he's like his wish list. Like Jara has her, not Jara. Uh, Arya has her death list. He has kind of a wish list. Uh, check this out. Lay it on me. Uh, I need Reek to rip Ramsay's throat out like an animal. Ramsay turned him into, just as Ramsay decides to hurt Sansa and make him watch. Interesting. I need Sansa to try to kill him at this point, and him to confess he didn't kill her brothers as he dies. I need the dragons to lay waste to the useless city of Marine and Danny to get her lazy rear back to Westeros. I need Stannis to die heroically fighting the Boltons, and I need Jon Snow to finally get stabbed up by his brothers of the Night's Watch for betraying their trust. Should have rode south to Winterfell. I need Cersei to finally get hers as the sparrows or pigeons, however you want to put them, the crazy priests, decide to make her pay for her sins. And then decide to, del- to dethrone her illegitimate, incestuous child. Finally, I need the armor of the undead to stop moving as slow as the glacier and evade. Oh, did you notice 
I'm not even mentioning the boring ass sand snakes. <laughs> Ken had a lot to put out there about uh, where he wants the show to go. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on old Ken here? My thoughts are he's not going to get what he wishes for. Uh, yeah, all that <laughs> is. Um, I'm going to say almost none of that happens in my <laughs> estimation. <laughs> Ken, I like what you're thinking. I think that's what everybody kind of wants, you know, except the whole Jon Snow thing. I don't see him, you know, going down like the old leader, getting stabbed up and everything. But um, I wouldn't mind the Sansa stuff. I think that would be fun, you know, to yeah. see. I don't yeah. know. I got nothing for Reek either, you know, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's no love lost. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, yeah, I, I like what he's going with some of this stuff, but uh, he's got some valid points. But like you said, I I really don't I don't see any of this coming to fruition. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ken, but uh, keep hitting us, man. I like it. Um, Michael says, I thought the dragon doing the crisper, cr- crispy critter bit was the best part of the entire episode. Always fun to watch someone get fried alive. Absolutely. Good callback. And she didn't have to say Dracarys this time. Just kind of give him a good shove, and then he took it. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. And I love her little comment, wouldn't want to overfeed him. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love it. I like it. Um, got a negative review for the episode. I want to throw that in here. Uh, Devo says, so far I'm not happy with the season. It's lame. Hope it gets better. Too many storylines. Too little time spent on each one. And the most in- annoying part is the Khaleesi doesn't get naked enough anymore. <laughs> so, uh, well, well, just like Ken, that's not going to happen anymore either. Yeah, really. I'm, she yeah, has a uh, nude clause now. Oh since boy. season two. How about that? Um, well, you know. I- I could see a little bit of his part that we do have a ton of storylines, but none of them are really boring to me. So it doesn't bother me. Now I will say the Arya part is dragging. It's dragging horribly. And I, you know, I'm hoping it, it spices well, up. Yeah. You, you think it's dragging, you know, I thought the Theon torture stuff was dragging, but when you see it pay off with what, you know, he's done with Reek, you know, I feel like the payoff is good enough. Aria, if the payoff is good enough, you're going to look back and be like, oh, well, that all that made sense, you know? I feel like complaining about a season is almost... It, it's not useless, but until episode 10, you know, and you really see where everything was headed and you see why they made decisions for episode 1, 2, 3, you know, whatever, you know, you can't... I, I don't like to judge it too harshly until... You know, I see things start to wrap up. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Well, like I said, I want to, I like to sprinkle in somebody who has a counter opinion than we do and just see how it goes. Oh, no. I, I can understand because there is a whole lot of setup. Right. And we're still, we're episode five. Unbelievably, we're halfway through the season already. I know. It. It's gone so fast. Yeah. Um, I got one more feedback. I really liked um, a guy named Smoke. Uh, he says, we know we're walking dead people. And he goes, I want to put this to you. Uh Jorah calls them stone men. Rick calls them walkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I like that. You know, I'm a walking dead go- you know, guy. So I, I like to little throw them into there. Um, uh, a little bit different, you know, but hey, fun comment. I liked it. Yeah. Plus, it'll be awesome when Tyrion has to put a knife in his temple, you know, to 
put him out of his misery. Yeah. <laughs> there you go again. Cut down the man again. Piece of crap. Um, but over that, man, um, I call that a... A rap. A rap. Like I said, I really enjoyed the show. Really liked it. Um, didn't care for some parts. It's something I keep accentuating. Um, but uh, overall, it was great. Good um, fried fella critter scene. Um, some good other parts. I re- overall, good solid episode. Looking forward to moving forward. Before we get off of it, I want to do recommendations. All right. What do you got uh, for us? This time, another Netflix show called Peaky Blinders. All right. All right. This is a... I, I, it doesn't seem like it's a very well-known show. Uh, it's actually a BBC show, and they get it first, and then Netflix is... They help produce the show, and they get first dibs on it right after BBC is done airing it, and then they release all the episodes. It is fantastic. I mean, ultra-addictive. Uh, the main character, uh, Cillian Murphy, you'll remember him as Scarecrow from the Dark Knight series, Nolan's Batman okay. series. Uh, he's magnificent, and he's going to be a star, no doubt, in my mind. Plus, you get a little Tom Hardy in season two. He comes in, and I mean, he's just a massive actor. You know, So you get Bane and Scarecrow in the same television show. I like it. I like uh, it. It is so good. If you're into, especially a period piece, it's like right after World War One. it's in the 20s or 30s in Birmingham, England. It is fantastic. I can't, I really can't recommend it enough. Sweet, sweet. Well, uh, I'm going to let that be the only recommendation, and we're going to call it a wrap And uh, from here forward. And, guys, we appreciate you listening in. Um, we're going to wrap it up here and put some music, and then afterwards we're going to have a, a small spoiler section, kind of a predictions. And uh, if you want to tune in, great. If not, we'll catch you next week. And uh, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. See you. Bye. And we're back, um, going right into a little spoiler section here. Let's do the preview breakdown first thing, man. I, I really kind of went down to it pace to pace. And uh, it starts out with Jack and Arya, and he asks her, you know, is the girl ready to give up, you know, her hopes and dreams? What is, I mean, is this just him saying, is this time to distance yourself? You're not Arya anymore. And then whatever she wanted needs to go away with her. Yeah, just kind of him asking, have you completely let go of your past and ready to move on, you know, with your training? Yeah, um, you know, and I'm I'm ready for that story to move forward. You know, as I said before, I want to see it get somewhere. I want to see her being trained to do something or something cool or mystical to happen. Um, really hoping we're going to pay off of that or a little bit of something to show that it's it's getting to where it needs to be. Yeah, they got a couple ways they can go with that. Uh, to expedite it or not, uh, but but all the ways are cool. So, right, I look forward to it. Um, then it has a quick flash of uh, at Dorn, and they realize that Jamie and um, Braun are there, and you see the Sandstacks like running and racing to go and do something. Yeah, on a horseback, I think. Yeah. Right? Um, so, 
uh, you can definitely tell that there's either some kind of hot pursuit or they're trying to head that situation off. And I think you're going to have the confrontation this episode coming up. That'll be good. Um, then it goes to Cersei, and you kind of see like um, quick flashes of the Sparrow, the High Sparrow. They're holding uh, Marjorie's brother down, and he's obviously very upset. To me, it looked like they were having some kind of proceeding, and a decision was made, and he's reacting to a decision. Um, and then you see a picture of Marjorie and her grandmother, or her mother. Yeah, you know? no, it's her grandmother. It's Grandma, you know, the one that killed Joffrey. Um, yeah. Uh, and her kind of giving a cut eyes, you know, at the situation. I'm super excited to see her in the mix. Talking about a woman who gets stuff done. Plus, uh, she's awesome. I mean, Diana Regas is fantastic. So, it looks like that's going to come to a head. The whole proceedings of High Sparrow, Marjorie's family, all that getting mixed up. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And so, that's going to be a big part of the next one. Um and then it rolls into where you see Baelish show up in King's Landing uh, and gets surrounded by some guards or some different people. Um, were those sparrows or were those soldiers? I think they were Kingsguard. I think. Kingsguard, yeah. Or, or gold like, cloaks. He's like, you know who I am. You know, like people didn't recognize him or something. So, um, And then, of course, he... Uh, you know he's moving through the city and stuff, and then it flashes again to a really, really quick scene where it looks like Bolton and Sands are, are doing like a wedding processional. Um, that's the best. I mean, I froze it, but it looks like they're, they're walking or people are gathering or something, and that's the yeah. only thing I could gather from it is that uh, the wedding's on the cusp of the next episode. I think so. I think that looks like what's going to be. And Jesus, weddings are. Never good. I mean, it never turned out well. Tommen's the only one that had a, a way with that incident. Yeah. <laughs> every day, every hour. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, the preview wraps with Baelish looking at Cersei with some kind of keen eyes and her with some doubt in him is that, you know, I live to serve, you know. Yeah, you, will you be with us in the war? Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Uh, so, you know, he's definitely playing some more of his cards and doing his own game. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and then, of course, it cuts away. Um, and that's the end of the preview. So I, 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 it kind of makes you lick your chops a little bit. It's not as exciting as the last preview for the, you know, the episode we just watched. But um, it definitely tells you we're going to make some progress and who we're going to focus on next episode, which is definitely going to be back to Cersei and her little situation. Um, yeah, but you talk about exciting, though. I mean, if if we get the Sand Snakes finally in a you know confrontation with Jamie and Braun, that'd be fantastic. Well, if the, the Sand Snakes, the, little, don't the suck. little bitty girls with their yeah. whip and spear, I, I hope they do something to make those characters funner to watch or look forward. I to. agree, but then you got to think you get if you get Santa's wedding, you know, horrible shit or possible bad stuff could happen. Then you get um, the sparrows, you know, having something with Loris, you know, that that could end up being an explosive situation. So, you know, three big plots could be coming to a head, you know, in the next episode, which is it's only episode six, and you got to assume eight, nine, and ten are going to be, you know, always the big episodes. So. Right. Yeah. I mean. You could see that they're probably saving some budget for some different things. We haven't having anything I would call epic 
you know, yet. Well, you know, episode nine is going to be John and Tormund heading to hard home. Um, because you can see it was all over the previews, you know, where you see them going to battle together, basically. And it looks like we're, you know, probably get some good fight scenes out of that. So that's nine. So you got to assume that's a lot of the budget. Um, I'd say episode 10 is probably going to be a Danny thing, like it always is. Well, we hadn't seen Fight Club or the pitch yet, and so that's going to be coming up. That's what I think is going to be 10, probably. Probably. And then, like, season, I'm sorry, um, you know, the preview here didn't show anything involving Danny for the next episode. So I think we're definitely going to be focusing on Arya, Cersei, a little deal going on, um, and, of course, Dorne, finally. You really get into some Dorne. Yeah, I think we might get some big movement in Arya's plot, in the Dorne plot. I don't think they, I don't, I don't think they have room for Danny this episode. Maybe a quick check in, you know, just to see how some of her people react. We'll do a check in with. Uh, I bet you we'll see uh, Brienne and uh, the Boltons probably a little bit, just a sprinkle of it somewhere in there. Maybe you know, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this because. Stannis is about to come right next to Brienne, you know, and Brienne has a blood debt, you know, to pay with him. So I'm I'm really curious to see how she's gonna keep control. You know, what's her main focus? Oh, wouldn't that is be it gonna be is to kill Stannis? Save Sansa, and then the next within the same episode, she ends up killing Stannis. Yeah, I mean, you you know, gotta, he finally destroys Ramsey and the Boltons and does all that good stuff and you're like, yes, and all of a sudden the blade comes through his chest yeah, and, could be. and there's Brienne, you know, I've avenged my one true, you know, master and da da da, da. and then she she goes down with the sp- yeah, spear to death. She'd be cut down immediately. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm like... She don't uh, want that either. Yeah. You know? So I, I really look forward to that. You know, I could honestly see before we see Stannis and Roose, we're going to see... Stannis and Brienne, you know. I don't know. I think Brienne makes a play, and maybe it's during or is part of Stannis's impeding. I don't know. It like could I be. think, I, like Roose and all of them's forces are focused on one thing. This is an opportunity for Brienne to do what she needs to do, because she'll probably think that she's in danger, even with Stannis coming. Possibly, possibly. You so know, it's uh, just, that's my go with that. Um, that was in the preview. Give me some um, book comparisons. What do, you, what do you got on this? All right, well, let me uh, go ahead and piss you off with Jorah does not get grayscale Son in the boat. Bitch. <laughs> let me go ahead and say Jorah's not even on that boat. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All I had to do is pull his fillet knife out, cut a little part of his wrist off, and put his bracer back on. I mean, I mean, no, he just chopped the hand off, Jamie style. No, it was no, his left no, hand. No, no, no. It was no. his left. He could have kept his right. He'd have been fine. He's a switch hitter. He, he was still had the that. bracers. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, George's not even on the boat, and it doesn't look like these characters are ever going to be on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and spoil them. Uh, Griff, young Griff, are. They're basically the two people that Tyrion is with, okay? There's another guy named Half Maester, and there's a chick who's kind of like a nun, all right? Anyway, they're actually on their way to 
you know, Essos area, okay? And you find out that Griff is actually a guy named Coddington. And young Griff, now they've dyed their hair blue like Tarashi, like uh, Dario is, okay? But young Griff is actually Aegon Targaryen, okay? So Tyrion, you kind of see how smart he is, and he ends up deducing all this, okay? And while he's deducing this, and they get into a big argument, that's when the stone men come crashing down their boat and attack. Tyrion gets kicked overboard, um, and Coddington, who hates Tyrion through the whole trip, saves his life, and he's the one that gets grayscale, okay? So, like you say, it's instead the same of same spot on the right, wrist. No, yeah, it was on like his hand or something because he wore a glove that hit it. That's what it was. It was on his hand, and it was like his pinky went first, and then it was starting to move to his other fingers. He'd pull his glove off when he was alone. And he could see it like moving down his nail and stuff like that. So, in the show's point of view, is like instead of bringing a character in this season and just you know throw them on us with all the new characters we already have, they decided to bring Jorah in it, give it a little more weight to the situation, you know, because the the Griffin Young Griff thing is it's it's a cool situation, but it, it it's all about cell swords. And there's a thing called the Golden Company. And uh, Coddington started it, you know, or was the leader of it long ago. And they had this huge plot to, you know, bring another Targaryen into power and stuff, right? And it's a lot of gobbledygook, you know, that you probably wouldn't even want to get into. But it's cool, though, because there's another Targaryen in the mix who's young and... The reason why he has all these people around him, he's got Coddington to train him in arms. He's got the half maester to teach him and to train him in medicine. And then he's got the nun to teach him the religious side and the leadership stuff. So they surround him by all these intelligent and powerful people. Like his own little council. To train him to be a king. Okay. But a lot of people think or have the impression that he's not a Targaryen. That he's a pretender. And, you know, they're just bringing him in because who can question him type of deal, you know? So, you know, and Varys is tied into it and stuff like that. Varys is the one who sends him on the trip with these people, sends Tyrion with them, okay? And it's... Do you remember the mountain? Remember what Oberyn was wanting to talk about? You killed her. You raped her. You killed her children. Remember they talked about the mountain took a baby and bashed its head on the wall? Mm-hmm. Varys swapped those babies with another just like flea bottom baby, okay? And right. got Aegon out of there and sent him with Coddington. And they've been raising him ever since. And Varys is keeping track with him. So that was that whole story, but it's like, geez, there's a lot of subterfuge in that. You yeah, know? that's a lot going on. And like I say, you just don't have time for it now. You know, so that's why I say those characters have gone by the wayside. Okay? But just to throw some, you know, salt in the wound, Jorah doesn't have grayscale. Uh Hard Home, John does not go to Hard Home with Tormund. Okay. He actually sends Tormund to go to it. John was gonna go, but some other stuff comes up and he decides just to send Tormund. Um 
so you won't get that John Torman scene we'll probably have later with the battle and stuff like that. Okay. With uh, Rattle Shirt. And let's see. Was there anything else? Yeah, we'll just stop right there. That was enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing nothing major. But I mean, really, Griffin, Young Griffin, stuff like that. That's major stuff in the book that they're just chopping off. Yeah, I can see the point why. Uh, you know, I can see that could be interesting, but you'd have to do a lot of flashback. You'd have to have a lot more of Varys. You know, it would have to be, and you have to have three new characters. You know, I mean, at least. it's it's quite a few characters. You know, if, you know, maybe they could just add one character that could be his tutor. You know, and make it, you know, so it could make a little more sense. But man, it's just too much. I can see why they chopped. I can see that. I completely see that. Plus, you everybody wants to see Tyrion and Danny near each other. Mm-hmm. So, but that's it, man. I hear you. Well, I don't have anything else unless you got something else to roll with, man. No, uh, man. Ready. I love it. Looking forward to the next episode. And uh, hope y'all enjoyed. Don't forget, hit us at uh, at Bleed TV on Twitter, uh, Bleed TV Podcast um, at Gmail for an email. We'd love to give you a shout out. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, other than that, I think we're going to see y'all next week, man. Yeah, absolutely. Take it easy. See you. Bye.